I have a 20 year plan. So I have a lot on the horizon where I want to be in 20 years. And every day I'm thinking new ways. How can I reach this 20 year goal? Hey everyone, welcome back to the program. I'm sitting here with Nikki. Nikki, thank you so much for being part of the program today. Thank you for having me on. Yes, ma'am. For those who are not familiar with the work you're doing, let them know about yourself. Uh, well, my name is Nikki van Ingen Schenau. I'm Dutch and I live in Amsterdam. And uh, I came back in 2021 to Amsterdam after having lived uh, in Tokyo for 10 years, where I started my own company. I have 50 people working for me, and what I do is I provide bespoke private uh, guided tours with local experts from the tip of the north in Hokkaido of Japan to the tip of the south in Okinawa, Japan, and anything in between. So if you're traveling to Japan and you need a private tour guide, then you should go to tokyotours.nl and uh, book your guided tour with us. <laughs> that is amazing. So talk a little bit about making that shift because it, I would assume there is a, somewhat of a culture shock, right? When you move from one land to another, one country to another. Can you talk a little bit about that culture shock you may have experienced? Uh, from Netherlands to Japan or the other way around? Uh, let's start from Netherlands to Japan. Uh, yeah, well, I was uh, dating this Japanese guy and we mm. were living together for five years in Amsterdam and uh, he was a native Japanese, but had been brought up in Amsterdam, traveled with his parents as a baby. So when we were together for five years, he suddenly came up with this idea, like, how would you feel about living in Japan for two or three years? And I thought, yeah, well, sounds good. So I didn't really give it much thought. So I said, yeah, let's see if you can find a job. I'm fine with it. Let me know. So that was 2010. In 2011, he was like, yeah, I got a job and I'm going to Japan. Are you coming with me? So I said, yeah, sure, no problem. So uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I have my bachelor's degree. I have a lot of experience. I was around 34 at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought that oh, it would be easy to find a job. I mean, Tokyo, Paris, New York, <laughs> basically similar kind of cities, like mm -hmm. a city. And, but no, <laughs> in Japan, no one speaks English. So <laughs> wherever I went, it was, oh, okay, so you're fluent in Japanese, right? So I was like, eh, not really. <laughs> so they'd be like, yeah, we'll be in touch, we'll call you. So after 50 applications that went nowhere, I was like, okay, so this isn't working clearly. So let me just uh, study Japanese for a while and then I'll be fluent and I can get a job. Uh, so in the beginning, I didn't speak a word of Japanese when I mm -hmm. came there. So I was in the supermarket and I would be like, why doesn't it just say milk? Why can't it just put milk on the carton? How hard is that? So I'd be like, what is this? Is this regular milk or soy milk or rice milk or what is it? So I just grabbed one thinking, well, maybe, let's see. Mm -hmm. 
uh, or my husband would be like, hey, honey, can you pick up some rice? So there would be like this whole aisle with rice. <laughs> all the same to me. And I would just grab a bag and he would be, what did you just bought? This is totally the wrong thing. I'm like, it's rice, isn't it? Is there a difference? It seems all the same to me. So yeah, I had a lot of like, oh, is it salt or sugar or what? <laughs> Or I'd be in a shop and they would only sell like whole fishes with everything still in and on there. So no fillets and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> so this is my job. <laughs> how are we going to do this? We would look on YouTube, how to gut a fish. Oh, okay. This doesn't look nice. <laughs> was so it I, was, it sounded like it was a process just to get acclimated i mean now you're giving tours obviously but yeah. that process of getting acclimated i mean so many times you know we we jump to what seems like a great opportunity but there's that adjustment period how do you maintain focus or overcome whatever hurdle during that adjustment period yeah well basically i came there i had like zero expectations so uh at first i was just walking around and uh that was before Google Maps. So <laughs> I just had a literal map. Uh -huh. And I was, as long as there's a subway station nearby, I know how to find my way back because I know which subway station is closest to our house. Mm -hmm. So I was able to like, uh, Eki was the first thing that I learned, like station. Mm -hmm. So I would point to the map, like, Eki, Eki, doko. And then <laughs> someone would be like, oh, yeah, just go that way. And so at first I was just exploring in town and uh, I got to involved in the Dutch club because there's like a Dutch social club. And mm -hmm. I joined immediately, became part of the board and was uh, busy arranging events and that kind of thing. So... I did have something to do, but the main issue I had was um, Dutch women generally are very independent. So we all have our jobs and our life and our own money and no one tells us what to do. So I was there, I had no money, I had no job. Like if you meet someone, the first question they ask is like, so, what do you do? And I was like, uh, nothing, housewife, studying Japanese. Walk around. I'm just gonna grab a drink, I'll catch you later. Like, so it really felt like I had no identity anymore, like mm. I wasn't a legitimate person and no one was interested in even getting to know me. So, yeah, it was a real hard adjustment. And also, you know, we would have these dinners with the friends of my husband and they would ask me like one question in English. So how do you like Japan? And then move to the person next to them to start a conversation in Japanese. And everyone was just speaking Japanese the whole time. And I would just be sitting there like, would it be rude if I check my <laughs> Facebook underneath the table? <laughs> Watching, looking at my watch, like, how long is this going to take? How many more courses? When can I go home? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was horrible. And at one point, I was just 
I said to my husband, please just go to these dinners by yourself. Don't <laughs> make me anymore because it's just, I don't know what to do. I feel very uncomfortable and awkward and people don't seem to want to have me there. So just go by yourself. So you, you, you arrive to this place, you go through this process of, of really discovering how you fit in into this community, how you fit in with these group of people that surround you. How do, how do we get from the Nikki that's going through all these difficulties to the Nikki that's now giving tours to people in, in this place? Well, it was actually one small act of kindness that got me there. So about two years in, March of 2013, one of my friends who is um, a flight attendant for the Royal Dutch Airlines, mm-hmm. uh, she came over and I was having like a proper bitching session. Like, oh, I hate it here. I don't speak <laughs> Japanese fluently. I'm studying for two years. I still can't get a job and I still don't have my own money. I have to ask for money just to buy simple groceries. So it's just terrible. And uh, she was like, why don't you become a tour guide? I was like, a tour guide? I don't know anything about tourism. I never started my own business, let alone in Japan. Mm -hmm. How am I going to do that? (laughs) And uh, she said, well, you know, why don't you just create a website, just something simple and make sure you have an email address and I'll take care of the rest. So I thought, oh, this is one of those cases where people are like, yeah, I'm going to help you. And then you never hear from them again. Right. Just to be on the safe side, I created the website and the email address with absolutely zero expectations of anything happening after that. And after one week, I received an email on this email address like, hey, yeah, I read this review that you give guided tours in Tokyo and I'd love to book a guided tour with you. And I was literally dumbstruck, like, oh, my God, I was so not prepared for that. I had nothing ready i was like oh my god i need to scramble and get everything in order (laughs) what am i going to show them i have i have no products no services no prices nothing so i was like oh god i have a week to get this (laughs) sorted out so it was like flying start so to speak and uh, yeah, I haven't looked back since. And the only uh, wrench in the wheel, so to speak, was COVID. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be the best year ever because of the Olympics. So uh, right. I even had to let people down like, sorry, we're fully booked, cannot accept your booking. And then the first two months of 2020, it was like, oh, okay, so no one can come in from Korea or China. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's create so many opportunities for all our travelers who are from Europe and the States. So they won't have all these buses with crowds everywhere and they can just leisurely uh, see everything. Mm -hmm. And then March rolled around and it was like, ah, actually change of plan. No one (laughs) is coming in. No one's going out unless you don't want to come back at some point because that's the end. So there were people who went away for like funerals or to visit family and mm-hmm. then Japan was like yeah go f yourself I don't <laughs> care you, you're not coming back in even people with permanent residency and people that had jobs in Japan Japan was like no mm-hmm. that's not gonna happen so yeah there were, a lot of my friends had to stay outside of Japan for a while because they happened to be 
um, somewhere mm -hmm. else when uh, the border closed. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was a whole thing. And uh, I didn't have an income for about two years with my business. So I was really suffering. Um, but yeah, fortunately, last October, the border with Japan opened up again. And during COVID, I was like, yeah, you know, I just, I think it would be a good time for me to go back to Amsterdam. I had uh, partnered up with someone in 2018. So I have someone who does all the local stuff that I don't necessarily have to focus on. So that gave me the freedom to come back to Amsterdam. And I thought, well, at least here I have a better chance of getting some residual income to supplement the fact that I'm not turning mm -hmm. for Tokyo tours anymore. And uh, yeah, basically that's uh, how I came back in Amsterdam. Uh, so yeah, it's good to be back. <laughs> You know, you, you mentioned something very interesting, which was that when you had this friend who just came up with this idea, you, you had nothing ready, you had nothing, no expectations, no idea even what it was going to look like, but you just took the leap and said, let's try it. Uh, oftentimes, yeah. individuals actually are allow fear to, to paralyze them and not move forward. I'm sure you may have felt some type of fear. So, so how did you move beyond any type of fear or doubt or any type of trepidation? Yeah, well, basically, I had not given it a lot of thought. And I thought, oh, nothing will come of this. I will just create this website and email address and I will hear nothing after that. So, and also just I was thinking like, ah, oh, I don't know if I can really meet people's expectations. Maybe they expect like someone who's a complete expert on anything Japan related, like Japanese history and Japanese culture. I mean, I knew some things, mm -hmm. but I definitely would not consider myself an expert. So I started out with relatively low prices because I felt that um, I was also investing in myself in learning more about Japan and learning more about the intricacies and like all the stuff that you cannot read in the guidebook so I could uh, have some added value so the first year my prices were exceptionally low because I felt like yeah mm -hmm. it's like a trial period for me too do I really want to do this do I want to continue with this what are the reactions uh, can I get people to give me a review, that kind of thing. And then actually a couple of months in, in the summer of 2013, a lady, she emailed me and she said, oh, I see that you do guided tours. Would you consider hiring me? So mm. I was like, uh, no, <laughs> I never considered <laughs> hiring anybody. But actually, that sounds like a great idea because it would be nice to have a day off occasionally. So <laughs> let's see if we can work something out. And uh, yeah, basically all the best ideas I've ever had were things that just came into my life without me making a conscious decision to do so. My business partner as well. In 2018, I decided that I wanted to sell the company because uh, we were thinking about moving back to Europe. So I talked to one of my uh, employees who had been working for me for several years. And I said, well, I'm thinking about moving back. I'm thinking about selling the company. How would you feel about buying the company from me? 
And she said, uh, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. And she said, well, but I have another idea. How would you like me to become your partner? Mm. And I said, well, I hadn't given it any thought. How do you um, envision this? What is your idea about it? And actually, she is very strong and focused on all the things I'm bad at and that I really <laughs> don't like doing. And I'm more of the creative brain and the... Um, uh, PR person mm -hmm. and uh, the one that uh, raises the brand awareness and she prefers to stay in the background so we are such a good uh, complementation of each other the only thing where we really differ is um, she's very risk averse and I'm the mm -hmm. total opposite so <laughs> I sometimes run a bit too fast and she is too apprehensive and <laughs> creating problems that are not even there and <laughs> talk about it for hours like yeah but what if this happened and like it's not even an issue can we please mm. drop it <laughs> so that's where we are so we sometimes clash a little bit but other than that she's like the husband i wish i could have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There are um, at the beginning of the year, there are so many people that establish goals or New Year's resolutions. Yeah. And some other individuals do not establish goals, but rather they decide to establish a one word. And this one word anchors everything they do for the year. In that spectrum, where do you find yourself? Are you more leaning towards New Year's resolutions and writing down goals or do you just establish one word? Neither. <laughs> I have a 20 year plan. Mm -hmm. so I have a dot on the horizon where I want to be in 20 years and I'm every day I'm thinking new ways how can I reach this 20-year goal so my 20-year goal is uh the where I'm living now is my own mm -hmm. property and it's already um raise the value three times of the original purchase price mm -hmm. uh, and it's also in like the financial hub of Amsterdam very close to the airport so it seems like it will probably increase in price even more the longer I stay here mm -hmm. um, so yeah I'm just thinking of ways how can I reach the 20-year goal which is to sell the house and take the proceeds buy a piece of land on Okinawa Island because the island is so big, if you want to go from one side to the other, you have to drive by car for three hours. Hmm. So there's lots of pristine beaches. So I want to buy a beachside plot, uh, build a house, build a rental shack with something that is uh, that requires little maintenance, so like canoes or something made out of plastic. Hmm and uh, or or like surfboards or whatever mm -hmm. and hire a couple of students to take care of all of that and get another place that has like simple food and some cocktails and in the summer i'll just be there and supervise it and then in the winter i'm going to take the proceeds and travel around and uh, hopefully i can find a nice person that i can share this dream with because i'm currently single so <laughs> uh yeah so um yeah so that is my long-term plan and mm -hmm. um 
so what happens on a yearly basis doesn't really matter that much because I have this long-term plan. Mm -hmm. And if today it doesn't work, then I'm going to try something else tomorrow. I basically learned that, um, basically, like RuPaul says, uh, if the if people aren't paying your bills, pay them bitches, no mind. <laughs> so that is my life motto. I don't care what anyone thinks of me or what mm -hmm. I do, as long as I'm not purposefully hurting anyone. Mm -hmm. I don't care what they think about me or say about me or want from me. I'm just going my own course. If you're here for the ride and you want to jump on and get along, then fine. And if not, it, that's also fine. I mean, there's 8 billion people in this world. So if something isn't working out, either in the business sense or as a friend or in your love life or relative or whatever, do not get stuck on one idea or one person or one thing. Just move on and there will be another person or another opportunity waiting around the corner that you just haven't thought of yet. So uh, don't waste your tears and don't waste your time and things will uh, happen for you. You just need to believe in yourself and just keep going and good things will come your way. You said that you neither have a yearly goal because you have this long-term vision of where you'd like to be. And so you, mm -hmm. you look for opportunities to move yeah. towards that. And, and and it's clear based upon what you're saying, right? It's clear that you're consistently looking for these opportunities that show up so you can move closer towards that long-term goal. So you neither set these New Year's resolutions nor have a one word that anchors the entire year. My question to you is, if you were to establish a one word that encompassed your entire life's work, what would that one word be? Perseverance. <laughs> Just awesome. keep going. <laughs> no excuses. You are made for success. And if you keep at it, other people will start noticing and uh, they will appreciate you for you, who you are. And if they don't, then clearly they are not worth your time. So move on and find someone who does. So That's yeah, awesome. I just, I'm a yes and person. So mm -hmm. If someone comes up uh, with any kind of idea, no matter how crazy it is, I'm not, my first uh, response is not to say yeah, uh, no, but mm -hmm. to first think about it. So how can I make this work? Uh, what's in it for me? And if I think, yeah, well, th this might work, I feel it's better to try something and fail than mm -hmm. to look back and think, oh, I should have done that or what would have happened if. So even if something doesn't work out, it's still a learning opportunity. So it's never a total fail because you can learn from your mistakes and grow and become better the next day. So if you're hesitating whether to do something, yes or no, always choose yes, because it's gonna work out. And if not, then you'll learn from it. So it'll be fine. Thank you for those who are connected and want to get connected with you. How could they use them? Uh, well, you can either follow my personal Instagram account. That's Nikki, N-I-C-K-I underscore Amsterdam 
or uh, you can find me on any social media platform under my business name which is Tokyo Tours and that is spelled the Dutch way with an I and not a Y so uh, T-O-K-I-O-T-O-U-R-S Tokyo Tours uh, and my website is www.tokyotours.nl and I'm Nikki at tokyotours.com I still have the .com website too but the .nl one is better so <laughs> <laughs> awesome Nikki thank you so much for being part of the program yeah thank you for having me on it's been fun <laughs> yes ma'am